Hi, I'm Carol. Um, I am a person living in New York City in the neighborhood of Soho. I am a software engineer, and I wish to never work again a day in my life. Um, I am also the... I am slightly mentally ill, but I am also a normal person with no background in mental health. Um, so yeah, I hope to contribute to this in a positive way. And I love Sharon a lot, and I recently met Austin. Okay, I will go. I am Sharon. Okay, I'll do this. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I also live in New York City, and I was the one who came up with this podcast idea because I wanted to talk more about Asian mental health. And I first got Austin on board. And then I was like, who can be a mental health advocate and who would openly share? And I brought Carol. So yes, welcome everybody. Austin. Hi, I'm Austin. Uh, Sharon wrote me into this. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a medical student and uh, I'm applying psychiatry. So I have a lot of interest in mental health and specifically Asian American mental health. It's, uh, I guess, nice to virtually meet all y'all. Yeah. All right. So the topic of discussion, why is it hard for Asians in our generation to go to therapy? Well, I feel like, like right off the top of my mind, I think the general theme that I immediately think about with this is kind of like connecting the Asian immigrant mindset to like how it um, connects with kind of establishing a um, identity in the United States, right? Like especially with the... Um, kind of like the model minority myth i think a lot of asian immigrants obviously not all of them and i think there's like you know dozens of different like asian kind of like stereotypes within the asian mindset is you come to the united states you are very successful you have your phd you have your master's you come to start a better life and as a result of this it's like you kind of suppress like the part of you that needs mental health support because you have already reached like such a level of success that um, nobody, you know, your children would like only dream to reach or your family would only dream to reach. So I think mental health is like very much a thing that is suppressed, like for your future generations. Interesting. So I don't know if mine is suppression. I think it was more of a, I didn't know about mental health. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I went to college really? that I was like, oh, let me take a psychology class. Okay, I took AP Psych. Okay, that's mine. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't until I specifically took abnormal psychology did I know about mental health illnesses. I just thought, okay, you know about anxiety, you know about depression, but that's it. There's nothing you can do about it. And then I was meeting all of these psychologists in school that I was like, holy crap, this is a profession. And then I was like, why does none of my friends talk about this? That made me in specifically interested then in like Asian mental health because my friends were mostly Asian, are still mostly Asian now. Yeah, I mean, just echoing what Sharon said, like, uh, I mean, I was like Sharon, but even worse. So I'd like, you know, it's like I had like a fair amount of anxiety growing up, like a lot of us did, but like, I just didn't really realize that that was like, you know, abnormal, thank you. Yeah. It's like, I just thought that it just kind of was like, you know, the way you lived your life. And then like, it wasn't until I actually got to medical school or just like we were sitting through our psych lectures and where it was just like, hang on, it's just like, I was looking at like one of the slides and I'm just like, you know, this sounds like me. And this is like a lot of the people I know, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit, but like, uh, no, it was just like, it took me until like literally doing like a professional advanced degree to realize that like there were, like might be something happening under the surface. And I'm just like, that should not have to be the case, right? It's like to like the level of like mental health literacy 
and among people our age, I think is like quite low, right? I mean, yeah. it was bad for me before medical school. It sounds like it was bad for Sharon before college. Yeah. I mean, the question is though, okay, so like more women are more likely to go to therapy, right? Especially in New York City, really interesting metropolitan area. But I'm curious on a male perspective, how many Asian male friends do you have? Do you know that go to therapy, right? I mean, I've convinced several, but um, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's a, it's a domino effect, right? It's like, there's like hesitance around therapy, but the way you get more people to do it is to like have someone you know have a positive experience with it, right? But like, uh, I mean, it's, I, I do agree with that. It's probably more common for women. It's like, I've, at least, even if it's like, even if it's like them being more willing to like admit going to therapy, mm -hmm. But, like, you know, there's, like, definitely, like, like a masculine, like, macho tough guy sort of deal going on that makes it a little bit harder for guys versus girls to go to therapy. Are we generalizing it or are we doing specifically for Asian men, though? I mean, this, I, I feel like this is a general thing, too. Okay. Mm. Fair. I mean, Carol has shared with me that she hasn't had the best experiences, but she still goes. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you mean by that? Well, first, how did you decide that you wanted to go? Okay, so I feel like therapy is really complex because people come at it from all different perspectives, right? Like you have friends who are like, oh, I am like, I actually have like clinical depression and I need a therapist to help me through this or I have like clinical anxiety. And some people are just like, oh, I just need to talk like trauma dump on somebody that isn't my friend so that I can like, you know, have something to listen to me. I think like for me, I didn't have like any like depression or anxiety, but I was going through a hard time. I just need somebody to talk to that didn't involve trauma dumping to my friends. And I think the interesting thing is like therapy is a really hard thing to tackle because yeah. when you first go into it, there's so many kinds of therapy and there's so many kinds of people with different certificates and different degrees that can help you with it. So um, it was really funny because my first experience with therapy, <laughs> I tried to get a therapist I ended, and I ended up with a life coach <laughs> who never ended up actually getting a bachelor's degree. <laughs> Wait, so what type of advice were you getting from it? So this is a really good example. <laughs> she has told me this so many times. Guys, I am slightly traumatized by this. Where, so I have some difficulty with my parents, right? And like we're actively working through it. And with the help of like an actual therapist, I've worked through this. But when I first was looking through therapy, I ended up accidentally with a life coach. And she had no medical training. She had no certificates. She just had nothing that like actually backed her up with being like a mental health professional. And I remember telling her about how the how I felt slightly uncomfortable, like visiting my family at home because they would like trauma dump on me. And I felt a lot of like emotional burden from them. And she told me, Carol, what if instead of staying at home, you just got an Airbnb next to your house? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait, I feel like that won't work for multiple reasons. <laughs> Because obviously, like, you know, like my parents are Chinese. They mean a lot. They like really, really value like me staying at home and like valuing their time. Um, so, yeah, I was like, that really won't work. And she was like, Carol, you just really need to value your own space. So, like, why don't you just pay for an Airbnb and just visit your parents for like two to three hours during the day? And I feel like <laughs> great to problem solving, though. Right. And the craziest thing about this, like, life coach who has no actual, like, experience with mental health is that she immediately jumped to conclusions and she didn't ask me any other questions or like things that were really relevant to my life at that time mm -hmm. so obviously like the advice that she gave me was very like like there's like a huge lack of context right yeah 
Um, so yeah, and afterwards I was like, okay, I think I need to look for a real therapist. And recently, after that life coach, I found like an amazing therapist who has the education, like has the training. Um, and she's helped me a lot with like developing good habits around like dealing with my family, dealing with my issues, and also dealing with kind of like these like um like these like spirals of thoughts that I have. And I've realized that like the huge difference between a therapist and a life coach is that one actually listens to you and tries to get context on anything you have and tries to help you reach your own decisions really rather than just giving you their opinion i mean there's a place for that type of thing right it's not like a therapist place but like it's like at least how i conceptualize therapy is that it's like kind of like you know it's like trying to help people help themselves right like, right right yeah I, I know it's cliche but like you know like the fish like teach a man to fish blah 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 but it's like try to like <laughs> yeah. get someone to sort of like come to those conclusions themselves and that's the only yeah i mean she actually came to me right after that happened and she's like sharon is this what they're supposed to say and therapy she's like i don't know right and i heard it and i was so shocked and i was like first i was like what is their credential i have to know but she didn't tell me she's like isn't a life coach a therapist and you know that like one of those meme faces like whoa like you know, the life brought up like no and i had to convince him be like i think you need to go see someone else you need to break up with them like how do you break up and i'm like write them a letter right like tell them that you just need to find someone with a better fit gotcha and that's what like i'm glad that maybe that was like catapulted her or it was a catalyst for her to find someone else but i was like i don't think that person's right for you <laughs> wait so how did you find the therapist at your so I realized I honestly did some like Reddit digging because, um, okay, so unfortunately, the only way I can learn things ever is by typing in my question and then typing Reddit at the end of that prompt. So I can get like the explain like I'm five explanation, you know? Yeah. Um. So I typed in like life coach versus therapist and I got oh. so many subreddits. I was like r slash therapy, r slash like what is therapy, like all of these things. And like I learned that life therapists are actually like the only thing you need to do to be a life coach or life, you know, a life coach is to have a certificate that takes like two months. Yeah. And I was like, how can you be qualified to be a life coach if... First of all, like you don't have the license or like the training to be. And second of all, you only, you know, switch your career path and took two months to get it. And then like a therapist, oftentimes like you need a master's, you need so much education. You also need a lot of like clinical experience. So that's when I actually was like, OK, like I need to get like an actual therapist. So I am so lucky because the first therapist I found after my life coach was like so incredible. She had um like a similar immigrant experience to mine like she's from mexico and like her parents had a very similar kind of like immigrant like sacrificial mindset and i think she related like on an empathetic level to what i was going through yeah you know what's kind of interesting is like because my therapist is a white dude oh wow and like that's a i mean it's just like it's an interesting contrast right because like i hear so many people who are just like i need someone who is like of my background who Mm -hmm. like gets it gets it yeah. But like, it, at least in my my experience, like just talking about like, you know, what it was like growing up like as an Asian American and like what it, was, what it was like, like growing up with like things like racism and growing up with things like, you know, like intergenerational trauma and things like that. It was like, it's like me having to explain that to someone who had zero idea, like what that was actually like was actually quite helpful for me. Like A, because it was just like, you know, it's like, maybe this wasn't as normal as I thought it was or like mm-hmm. not as okay as I thought it was. 
and be a sort of like maybe question some of the assumptions that I was making about some of the experiences that I was having. Interesting. Okay, so I have a slightly different experience. My first therapist was an older Hispanic lady oh. who was so warm, so caring. And at the time, that's what I needed, validation. And then when I decided to do it again during COVID, I had an older lady. But the first question, one of the first questions she asked me, she said, she's like, oh, where are you from? And I said, oh, um, like I'm, I'm from like America, but I am Korean. And she's like, north or south? <laughs> and I said, and she's like, North, right? Is that the, isn't that the same thing? She justified saying, I'm not good at geography. Oh and, my God. And I was immediately turned off because it's just more of a, the cultural competency thing. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a skill that you need to know. Yeah. And so I couldn't focus the rest of the session. As a therapist, getting therapy from another therapist, it was just like, this is probably not what you should do if you have another Asian client. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a it was a turnoff experience. I didn't see her again. Yeah. Uh, but she was like, "Oh, so when should we do our next session?" And I, I ended it with like, uh, "I will. I think I need some time to think about this." And then eventually, like, I broke up with her. Of so yeah, I just told her like, "We need to part ways." But overall, it's just like that experience really just it gave me a like a bad taste in my mouth. From what it sounds like, it sounds like that therapist just immediately made an assumption. Yeah. And that's also just like a, just like typically a bad move. It's not good. Like, even if like you want to like do that, you double check with the person, right? Yeah. It's just like, okay, like I, from what I'm getting, it's like, this is like sort of like the story I'm hearing from you. Is that right? You double check with the person. Yeah. That's how they did that. No, she just went straight to the, like, she went straight to this idea. She was, and then she tried to justify when she saw my face was like a little uncomfortable. I mean, I'm glad he had a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like he gets you, though? Like, Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's like, um, I, I mean, like, I think, like, the most important thing, and, like, I, I don't know if I can generalize this to every therapeutic relationship, but it's, like, an important part is that, like, at least for me, it's just, they have to, like, actually be willing to sit and listen with you. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, like one of the points of therapy is for, like, for you to actually feel heard. And, like, that I don't think depends on, like, specific, like, race or ethnicity or background, but it can definitely help. Because, like, the other thing, though, is just, like, sometimes when I talk to patients who are Asian, like, you know, it's like I have an, an idea and I kind of know where to look, which makes things easier. Yeah. I mean, for me, because a lot, a lot of people I see are Asian, they are like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to explain this. Yeah. Right? They understand. It is, Yeah. Or they're like the small nuances of like, oh, you get me. Yeah. And they're like, my first therapist didn't get me. And I had to explain over and over again. But they always assumed this thing. And they're like, eventually I had to cut it off. Yeah. So I don't know if that like was an experience for you. But okay, well, I feel like I talked about my path to finding my therapist. Like yeah. what were your paths into finding your therapist? Like was it in a, like also was it for you like an immediate success and like sharing i got lucky and it was mm -hmm. i understand for a lot of people that is not the case it's very yeah, yeah it's hard very yeah okay sure i got lucky grad school wow uh, counseling center okay nobody needed a life coach <laughs> Wait, nobody told them to get an airbnb and that's their parents house life coaches are great for people with mild symptoms that's my belief people who are mild high functioning maybe at that time you just you need it more right but life coaches are beneficial it depends on where you are 
that's that's my belief yeah i also think it's like it's very dependent on the individual in that case so like if, like there are like people with like no like formal experience who are f- amazing fucking therapists yeah. right but it's like it's the, that's not a guarantee as you have unfortunately found out <laughs> so just like i mean like with someone with like a higher degree of training you know what you're like at least you have like a better assurance that the person will ha- at least have some idea of what to do or like have seen other people with your similar problems before yeah so just like it's like uh i mean you can take the gamble on the life coach but it's like they're not necessarily <laughs> guaranteed like results right exactly Honestly, I feel like the thing with the life coach is that it's really good if you just feel like you need to trauma dump on somebody without like the kind of like the um, diagnosis, you know, you're just like, oh, I'm going through this shit. And like, I just need to tell somebody about it. And like, what do I do? Or like, I'm going through some career stuff. What do I do? And it's not necessarily like mental health issues, like these deep changes you need to make in your life. Yeah. See, that's the other thing, right? Because like that is like Sharon mentioned this before. That's problem solving for our patient, which is like usually a bad practice. Yeah. So just like, yeah. I mean, like, so here's the thing, right? It's just like, as someone who's like sat in a therapist chair before, it's yeah. like you have such a limited view of like what's going on in someone's yeah. life that you're talking to, and like, like who's to say like, and like obviously like trust but verify, right? But it's like you know like it's emotional situations, like judgments get clouded. Like you you have no idea what the situation actually is. So any advice you give is two degrees at least two degrees away from like what's actually happening so it's like it's you can give advice it's probably not going to be good advice right but like so like the real thing is like try to like exactly as you were saying like try to work through like the thought process the stakes like what's like what's good out of this what's bad out of this and then like at the end of the day it's like like you have to help the person come to this decision themselves, whether or not, for example, to cut someone out of your life. Self-awareness. It's like, but like the person just straight up telling you based off of their own judgment is, I don't know, I, I would not recommend that. It's great matcha, by the way. If you guys ever, I make it for free. I just want clout. <laughs> Open a cafe, man. Continue, continue. Yeah. No, but like I always tell the people that I see, like the goal is for like, you to become your own exactly i always say that yeah. yeah no it's like i mean that is the goal like the goal is for them not to need us anymore okay at least that should be the goal yeah so okay so a little off topic and i need to ask you okay we're professionals we like mental health okay like that's like why we're in a career what do you think would get people or asians like in our generation more excited to start therapy maybe not that's a real and hard question. Scared. Yeah. Willing to try, right? Because I think you are definitely an outlier in this situation, uh, just because you're very open-minded, in my opinion, and like willing to even try it, even though you don't know what it's about. Mm-hmm. And most Asians that I meet of start therapy, like, I have no idea what this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think, especially because you're on the other end? Okay, so this is a really hard question because it's something I've been struggling with because I want to convince my parents to start therapy, but like they're so, so resistant towards it. It's like so resistant, yeah. Um, I think like from what I've experienced from my, like obviously there might be other perspectives from what I've, ex- of what I've experienced. I think generally like Asian gr- immigrants are very resistant towards therapy because they don't want to spread their trauma or their issues onto anybody else. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, like I don't want to pay somebody to listen to my issues. I can just fix them myself. You know, it's very much like part of that my- model minority mindset where like you can just 
keep to herself, fix the issue, and then never have to talk about it or deal with it again. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Because like I have taken that, I still have that mindset, but I have like shifted it towards like I just like dump all this stuff on my therapist so like no one else I know has to deal with this shit I agree I agree I agree wait so that's actually the exact same mindset I have where like I feel like my relationships with friends have gotten a lot better since I've gone to therapist because I can go to the therapist talk about everything that's going on they can help me like kind of um like filter out and like really clarify the things I've been struggling with and then I can go to my friends and like talk about my struggles without trauma dumping on them right but I think with like a lot of Asian immigrants and Asian immigrant parents specifically, they don't know the difference. And they think like telling people about problems and tra- trauma dumping about problems are the exact same thing. And they don't do either. So I think like I think the most important step to getting Asian immigrants to like go to therapy is to understand that like it's completely OK to tell your friends about your issues. And like people want to know about your issues because they love you and care about you. But it's really important to have that filter of like a mental health professional that will like clarify all these issues and give you like actual action. Yeah, somebody knows what they feel like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the interesting thing is like, I mean, like, I don't mean to dump on our parents' generation too much, right? Mm. And it's just like, I mean, it's like, I think part of it is like, they grew up in a culture that was like completely different from ours, right? So, it was like so different. And like, I, I know like this, these get, these terms get thrown around a lot, but like individualistic versus collectivistic. And then like, at least, at least the way it worked for my parents was like when they were like back in the home country, right? It just like they had like way, way more social, like immediate social support from their families just because like the family unit is just like so strong and like such a point of emphasis there. So it's like they can get like a lot of support through there. But like that lesson does not work in the United States or in a very individualistic society, right? It's just like the methods, at least like the collectivist methods of like dealing with mental health stuff while it might work over there does not work over here for us who grew up in an individual individualistic society so like i don't know it's at least that's my i might just be talking out of my ass here all right so so this is hard okay so we live in a metropolitan city okay and correct me if i'm wrong but a lot of the people that i meet like in our kind of like group socially they're trying to be more individualistic yeah right and so when they share of like hey I don't like how my parents do things. Yeah. Uh, it's too kind of collectivistic. I'm trying to like leave when my parents are trying to suck me in. And then like they find that frustration. I think yeah. it's, it's like clashing of two generations. Yeah. Right. And so like they're like, yeah, I'm willing to like go to therapy. But like a, a question that they always say is like, how do I get my parents to go to therapy? <laughs> right. Wait, if it's always like a checklist. You know? Yeah. I need to go to therapy. My parents need to go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I think it's harder to get the, the family to go to therapy because like not many of us Asians go to therapy right now yeah I've met actually very few yeah yeah and I also think that like you know it's like talking about your deepest darkest like feelings is not it's just not a thing in like at least definitely not in China that's all I can really speak for I feel like a really like important concept in East Asian culture that prevents us from like pursuing therapy let me know if you guys agree with me but it's like this concept of like saving face, yeah. right? And like it translates so strongly from like the mainland East Asia to America where like you want to save face, which like the translation is like you want to preserve your recognition and preserve your respect in front of your friends and family. So yeah. even if you're like struggling really, really hard, you want to save face and make sure that they still think of you as like the son or the father or the uncle that you are um, or like the mother. 
And I feel like that makes it like infinitely more difficult to pursue something like therapy because the second you admit that you are vulnerable in something, like the saving face concept just like falls apart. Yeah. So I, I think like unless we as like an immigrant population accept the fact that saving like saving face can also include pursuing like active steps towards mental health, it's never going to happen. It's interesting because like at least like so like one of the most scathing insults that I think like I've ever heard my parents use is dulian, like literally losing faith. Yeah. Oh, is that what? Oh, yeah, yeah, in Chinese. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, no, I, I feel that. It's, it's also like that element of, but don't rock the boat, right? Yeah. Like don't, ro- don't, don't rock the boat with those like those stupid little things you call your emotions, right? <laughs> if you're sad, just don't be a little bitch about it. <laughs> Get over it. Get over it. Yeah. Just, just, just like go out in the sun and get, do get some exercise. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to knock on it. That's like actually like an evidence-based like treatment. Yeah, sure. It's like yeah, usually not enough by itself, right? Right. Yeah. So then, as a guy, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Well, how do you? How do your guy friends react when you try to talk about mental health with them? I mean, it's difficult, and like, so the answer is I usually don't. Interesting. I said more. Said before that I try to quarantine all my own personal stuff to my therapist so I have like more emotional bandwidth for like to spend time doing fun things with friends right okay. but it's like uh, I don't know it's like uh, it's definitely tricky because like I just get the sense that like a lot of my male friends are just not comfortable talking about things like this and like this is definitely like a, a big difference between like my male friends and my female friends that I've noticed and that like you know it's like when I spend time with my guy friends we're just like doing things right instead of talking about things Sharon and I will be going to Barry's to like do a little like abs and ass workout and Sharon will be like, Carol, so how's your family doing? <laughs> no, it's, it's really interesting because like, because like me and like my closest like male friends. Yeah. Like we talk about things. We do not talk about ourselves like generally. Yeah. I have to bring it out of them. So we were all hanging out once, mm-hmm. him and his other friends. And I'd be like, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Right. But then it it, it goes more surface level. And I'm like. I try to dig more, but then I could feel like, ah, oh, like they maybe want to talk about it, but then ultimately it just kind of goes to like AI and mental health <laughs> to support that. What this is what I'm coding right now and building. I feel like, but then I try to go deeper. Why? What makes you like? What is st- tugging at your heartstrings? Wait, so like, what is the core of this? Is it that you feel uncomfortable talking about mental health through your guy friends, or like you just feel like they don't relate? It's like it's not even that they don't relate, because like, yeah. but it's I think it's more along the lines of just like, I, and I get the same thing when I talk to my like, or at least I have tried to talk to my dad about this. It's just like you just don't know what to do with that information. Right? Uh, okay. So like, so they don't know how to like answer it or like give you. Yeah, I mean, it just makes them uncomfortable, and that like makes me uncomfortable by by proxy. So it's like. I don't know. I usually just like try to, you know, keep that to the people who know what they're doing. So then how how are we supposed to help break that then or improve it? Asian women, like we care. But I think some people may also have difficulty responding. Yeah. Um, sometimes, can I share? Yeah. Uh, Carol was like, yeah, I don't know how to respond to this. She said that. And I'm just like, oh, you don't have to respond to anything. I just appreciate you willing to just listen without problem solving. Well, that's such a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I feel like one thing I really appreciate about like a lot of my friendships is that like you can tell them about what's going on in your life, but you don't expect them to have answers because nobody has answers. Like it's up to it's like your responsibility to come up with those answers. But like it feels really, really good to have your close friends just know what's going on and know the context. No, it's it's an interesting thing because like like honestly, like being a dude is oftentimes a surprisingly isolating experience because like because of like exact things like that like it's like you know like masculinity like we're taught to just sort of like i mean this like the intersection between like asianness and like being a guy is just like you know it's like a double whammy of like you are supposed to keep your problems to yourself and solve them by yourself like otherwise you're like you're not a man or whatever whatever right so it's like it's difficult and like i still feel a lot of that like when i like talk to my male friends about the things and things like that and like i'm like trying to be a mental health professional so it's it's hard to escape so has anyone ever tried to come to you but instead of you coming to them to talk about it i mean yeah i mean but it's like not a not a common thing right mm-hmm. it's like you sound like you just like you two sound like you just like do it on the regular <laughs> yeah. so, comes over and we make a pokeball we're like let's talk about each other <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we sit down we're like we have our matcha and they kept like sharon this is what i read today <laughs> and, then, and then i'm like oh yo why are you reading this and then she goes into it a little bit deeper like this is what i've been feeling this is what i was thinking about and it naturally just goes out and I'm like, there's this peer-reviewed research that, like, the way I'm feeling is legitimate. <laughs> so I feel like it's only natural that it goes. It's not like we come here and be like, let's talk about our feelings today. Yeah. yeah. It's very natural. But it, go- it goes there, right? For, like, usually, like, when I talk to my guy friends, it doesn't. And, like, you know, I kind of like it that way. So you wouldn't want them, if they were going through a hard time. Let's say they're going through a hard time. Would you not want them to just be like, hey, like, this is what I'm feeling right now. No, no, I mean, of, of course I would want, like, for my friends to, like, come to me to, like, for, like, shit that they're going through. Just, like, I would want to go with, like, to them for shit that... But there's also, like, a threshold, right? Okay. There's, like, a threshold of just, like, you know, it's like, this sucks, but, like, this is something that I can deal with by myself. And, then, like, I kind of have to, like, get above that threshold to be, like, okay. So it's, like, it has to be above X level to which, like, I want to trouble my friends about this. And, like, that's something that I've been working on. Yeah. But, like, it's something that's definitely there. So, like, once something reaches critical mass, for sure. But it's, like, at least for me, it's just, like, I usually try to deal with it myself first before. I know. That's like is, that's is, it, <laughs> is it bad that I expected him to say this? I feel like it's it's not bad, but like I feel like the core question is like if you're dealing with something like genuinely like something that you want to talk to somebody about, something that you're very unsure of in your life, do you have like a guy friend that you could talk about this with? Could you quote unquote trauma dump on a guy friend? I needed to, yeah. If you needed to, but I try I try to avoid that. Okay, that's valid. Takes a lot of it takes a lot of emotional bandwidth for to to as someone who has been on the receiving end of this many 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 times mm-hmm. yeah it takes a lot of bandwidth and i don't want to like like you know if i'm doing that to someone i'd like prefer to pay like pay them for it right oh my god <laughs> okay okay so here's one setup because i have actually got this question quite often by guy clients they're like how do i talk to my guy friends about this so if you right now because like the argument right now is saying hey we should go to a, uh, a guy should just go to a therapist be able to talk about it right but then like let's say that guy that client is coming to you yeah 21 year old guy college like hey like i'm going through a hard time i like want to make friends like we can talk deeper like how do i 
talk with my friend about this and like suss it out. Hmm. I mean, so that's an interesting question, right? Okay. Because that depends on the exact nature of the relationship between the two. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, I mean, I would say that like, I mean, I, I don't think this is like specific advice necessarily for like a guy trying to talk to another guy, but just like being very like candid about the like what you are feeling right now and mm. why that you are bringing this up to them right now just like well, for example like i'm having a really difficult time and like you know i just really need someone to talk to right now i like that answer yeah i mean it's like that's not like specific but it's just like you kind of have to like give general advice and then tailor it based off the person i always say go light yeah like be like hey i'm having some hard time at work do you have like five minutes to chat i think that's good advice yeah would you, do you agree? Yeah, I think that's actually a really important, like, skill to learn is that obviously your friends should always be there for you, but it's also important to balance, like, the difference between kind of, like, just telling about your life and, like, telling about a really, like, deep, dark shit. Yeah. And, like, I think a skill that's important to learn is to just, like, preface it. Like, hey, I'm going through something really hard right now, like, at work with my family. Like, do you have a little bit of time to, like, listen to me talk about this or do not have the bandwidth? Yeah. yeah. Terrible at, like, so we're terrible at like knowing how to ask for help yeah yeah yes straight. <laughs> yes yes yeah i think something to think about right because we we want to open this up more like for asian people just to like think about it think about therapy how can it be helpful but at the end of the day social support is key right to helping you get through something yeah i think it's something that like i think about a lot of like how do we break that stigma so friendship can be deeper and you can have someone to, like, be able to have something more, I don't know, intentional? Yeah, I mean, like, so here's the counterpoint to that. Like, okay. not every friendship needs to be, like, so, like, like, so no. audited, like. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like sometimes you just, like, want to talk with your friends about the cool shit that they're doing. Like, yeah. that's like, and then, like, that's, like, a totally valid, 100% normal, like, like, I mean, I really enjoy that. And, like, I actively seek that out. But, like, I mean, sometimes you really need something else, right? And, like, it's important to have that even if it's not necessarily, like, an everyday thing. And, like, that's a hard thing to balance, right? It's just, like, it's, like, it's not might not be an everyday thing, but how do you actually know you have that support in place? Yeah. And you should all just find it out in therapy. <laughs> no bias whatsoever, Sharon. <laughs> what do you mean? Hey, I'm just trying to get more Asians to just go to therapy. I got killed. I love therapy. <laughs> go to therapy. If you're Asian, go to therapy. <laughs> if you need questions about therapy, go to Carol. <laughs> and I will refer you to good therapists. <laughs> um, but I feel like this also brings uh, like to a slightly tangential point, but like an important point where it's like, I feel like we've been talking so much about like these friends that you can go to for like, you know, like really deep stuff, like things that you really need advice about or like something to listen to about. But at the same time, I think it's also really healthy to have friends for like multiple kind of spheres, right? Like it's completely healthy to like have a friend that you go out with, a friend that you work out with, a friend that you like go to brunch with, you know, all of these things. And like as long as you have like a couple of those like ride or die friends, it's okay if like all of your friends aren't that. So like a balance is really important. So for instance, I am not her EDM <laughs> I am not her EDM fan. I'm not a pottery friend. I'm trying to make her my EDM fan. <laughs> but this girl is not an EDM girly. <laughs> I am her fairies friend. <laughs> so I am her, uh, let's talk about fashion friend. <laughs> yeah, there's different categories. But I feel like for men, 
It can't, somehow it gets compounded all into one. Your friends, like, since, like, we're all, like, in the same fan group, it's like, yeah, we go basketball together, <laughs> we go to the movies together, we go eat together, you know, we, we do all of these together. And then girls is kind of like, we have different friends for different things. I mean, that's like, I have, like, just basketball friends, too, and, like, but, like, the yeah. thing is, like, the, the, two, the two of you know are different because I just well, stuck with them, so. But not <laughs> enough, too. Whoa, I'm, like, an honorary member at this point. I'll just I'll go in there. Okay. But no, I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, I, I think it's like therapy is important, but so is social support, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Things that serve two very different purposes. Yeah. And like, honestly, like, you know, I personally don't think therapy is quite as good at addressing things like social isolation. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's hard to deal with. It's just like, I'm lonely. It's like, you can like work on social skills and but like, mm-hmm. or, or what happened. But that's like difficult to do, I think. Yeah. No, I feel like that resonates so deeply with me because I think a lot of like, okay, this is personal to me. So maybe you guys don't relate to this as much. Let me know. But like, I feel like something that my parents or like the Asian immigrant parents that I know, they deal a lot with social isolation so much. And I feel like that's not something that necessarily can be sold by therapy because you just need to get yourself out there and you need to find a community and you need to find people who relate to you. But like talking to a therapist seems like such like a useless first step, right? So I honestly like I'm not a therapist. I don't have medical training. So I just know that my parents deal with this and I don't know like the solution to this. And I think that's also like a huge reason why like Asian immigrant parents, because of this, refuse to go to therapy. But they also have like a lot of other issues that actually like therapy could help with. So it's like this amalgamation of like things that therapy could help with and like are less useful for. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you had something to share. I mean, like it's. It's just, like, my parents, right? It's just, like, I mean, they're better about this now, but it's, like, them, like, I mean, the language barrier is real, right? Like, Oh, yeah. And But, like, also the cultural barrier, right? So just, like, you know, at least in New York, like, like there's so many, like, international folk here that they kind of have each other, but it's, like, 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 for example, Trevor's parents, like, he's another Asian-American, he's a good friend of mine, he grew up in, like, Kansas. He was, like, there are like three other Asian people in his entire high school class. <laughs> so just like he was the yeah. token Asian, the token Asian guy, right? But just like like uh, like just trying to imagine like trying to find someone who gets you mm. and like like gets you, gets you like culturally in mm. an environment where there's just like not a lot of other people like that. Yeah, is like tough, right? And like that must have been really fucking difficult for our parents, and it still is. Yeah, I mean, parents, thirty years here. Yeah, they. The most that they can do is probably it's like a hey, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, and you. Yeah. And then my dad zones out. Yeah. Yeah. So he just like he he's told me once in high school that like really really resonated with me. He's like, I wish I could go back to Korea, so I can talk freely. Yeah. And it like made me sob. Yeah. Because heartbreak. It is, and he, he tries so hard to like just talk to people because he craves the social yeah. interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I think it's hard just because like. I could see him feel isolated. I think that's like really difficult because that's something that can't be sold with therapy. It's just something that needs to be in your life, the social community. And like, ultimately it's like as, like for me as like a child of immigrant parents, like how do you consolidate this like pain you feel for your parents, but also like for yourself? Yeah. Again, don't have an answer for this. But So what I, what I kind of think though, is that like there is, there might be a place for like, at least some type of like therapeutic exploration of this is like trying to get people to like the realization that like you know like this is something i should be prioritizing more in my life like that's a big one or for example like 
you know, I had like a fair bit of social anxiety growing up and like me trying to get over that really like helped with like my like quote unquote isolation uh, to, to a lesser degree than like a lot of other people. But like it was like just like trying to get over like the psychological hurdles I had in place to like actually being able to get in contact with other people. Like that's something that therapy can't help with. Right. But like if you like straight up like have nothing, that's a little bit harder. That's why I find, especially with Asian parents, they always look for activities. Yeah. That's how they bond. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, golf, groups. hiking groups, what is, yeah, golf, tennis. Not exactly. Or like, um, I feel like all Asians love soccer. So they'll like, they'll go to like, I know the dads would like go to a, like a pocha or like a, a bar to drink, to like watch a soccer game together and drink. It's like, but no one ever just kind of like, they can't sit still. I realize they like they're like oh we do they have something in common. That's yeah. what I when I say like oh you should go meet them. Do they play golf? <laughs> okay, but Loki, I think this is a problem with men in general is that they can't <laughs> they can't bond emotionally unless they have like something in between them. Like they have to like go camping <laughs> in order to bond. Like camping is the way men bond because <laughs> they can't just be like, can I come over? I need to share some feelings. <laughs> what do you feel about that? I can neither confirm nor. <laughs> I feel like, why do men want to go camping all the time? <laughs> Can you answer this question? I mean, I hate camping, so I'm probably the wrong person to be asking this yeah. question. Like, I'm like the definition of a city slicker. So, so uh, you? Oh, God, yeah. To this guy is like the suburb guy. Am I? Is that, is that the impression you have of me? Am I the suburb guy? Compared to the other people that we know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little we'll, bit. We'll, we'll, we'll come at it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, how do you feel about this hot... Is this a hot take? I feel like it's not. I feel like it's, like, a very commonly known thing. Like, men need these, like, objective, like, bonding mechanisms in order to actually share emotions. Like, women, I can just be like, Sharon, can you come over? Yeah. And then we'll, like, talk about our feelings. But with men, it's like, oh, let's go camping. Let's go play tennis. Let's go something. And then they, like, casually make conversation eventually. But I might be completely wrong about that's, that's completely accurate. I, yeah. I, yeah. At least in my experience, to me, that's accurate. I mean, yeah. So, like, she w went walking around West River. She's like, Sharon, are you around? <laughs> let's just let's go and talk. Yeah. And so, yeah, we just went and talked spontaneously. Yeah. No, but for, like, like for me, my friends, there has to be something to do. And there has to be food. There has to be, like, a movie. There has to be, like, and, like, stuff will come out eventually. But yeah. it's like there has to be something else there, I think. But why? That's a good question. Why? Why? I know. At least for, I don't know, it's, it's easier to have the pretense. Mm. It's, it's easier to like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just like, it gives you like a convenient excuse to spend time with someone. But then if we hang out, I don't know, we don't need an activity. We could just talk. I mean, it's different between us because like we talk shop. Okay. Oh, we talk what? Shop. Shop. What does that mean? I think it's like, yeah. Oh, but over a common interest, right? That it eventually goes, it bleeds into like. I mean, it helps that the common interest is like you know being more vulnerable about your emotions, right? <laughs> when two mental health professionals meet, copy their off. No, so like, we actually tried an episode of this podcast like two or three weeks ago when it was just the two of us. It yeah, spiraled into like like a like a mental health jargon. <laughs> I actually told her, I was like, Carol, we need you right now. 
<laughs> so like right after oh, I texted Sharon him this like okay so like no one will be able to understand yeah but is that a me thing or is that a him thing it's a her <laughs> okay who do you think is better now that you know like share I feel like the term better is very controversial <laughs> a dodge answer I like it <laughs> I think both of you are equally as good I think it just depends on like what the perspective is right yeah. so yeah, I think, like, Sharon uh, definitely offers, like, a more, like, kind of personal, like, somebody you can immediately reach out with and be like, let's talk about our feelings perspective. And Austin is like, let's go play tennis or something. And then we can talk about our <laughs> Also, I also don't play tennis, so that's over for 2. You can play basketball. I know that it is true. <laughs> I, I've seen it, though. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he he's, he's not no Jeremy Lin. Yeah, I see, I see. You, what have you seen me play basketball? <laughs> I've seen the video. Of me, like, of me, like, dunking on Trevor. What's up? Okay, so here's the thing. He's he says he's like camera shy and everything, but he's he's always aware and always has the best like. He's always ready. I do feel like the people who are most camera shy are the people who are most aware. Exactly right. It's just like you're always kind of like on a little bit on guard of like what. Like who is who is looking at you and like what do they want exactly? Yeah, man, it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like you guys are both equally as good, but it, I I think it definitely like it's also part of like how interesting it is to talk about somebody in your similar field because you like get really deep into like the jargon and the research and all of this stuff, but it also is like less relatable to like random people. Exactly. Oh, now is you. We love a grounding presence. Love a grounding presence. It's, Dude, this matcha. It's so good, man. So I made this matcha for Sharon, but now Austin is drinking it, and he says he doesn't want his own matcha, but he keeps drinking Sharon's matcha. So I mean, this doesn't epitomize the entire conversation that we were just having. Honestly, I think men need to share their feelings. <laughs> if you want a matcha, just ask for a matcha. <laughs> Not that hard. <laughs> I don't think. If you don't see the matcha, <laughs> if we don't see Austin in the next episode, we know why. <laughs> Carol, you're too hard on him. Listen, okay, I feel like so I can't cook, but I can make matcha. That is the huge part of my identity. <laughs> I, I cannot emphasize this enough. That's damn good matcha. Thank you, very much. <laughs> okay, back to the top. Back to the topics. <laughs> Maybe this is where we need to end. Maybe this is the wrap up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How do we wrap this up? I guess we just did. Yeah, we just did. All right. Yeah. If you want a really good matcha, just ask for it and you will receive. <laughs> or if you have any questions that you want us to answer, text. No, text. No. I'm not giving them my phone. I'm not to do a share. Text the Austin. Yeah. He's free. He's only doing research right now. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Share in the comments. Let us know. But yeah. Had a good time. Thank you for attending. <laughs>